What it do, what it do, beautiful people. I'm your girl Vanessa, known as Taylor V, and this is my podcast, The Red Wine, Love and Life. Welcome to my kind of vibes. Yes, ew. <laughs> I'm excited. I'm totally excited to be here because um, this has been long overdue. Long freaking overdue because... Um, let me tell you, when I started this podcast was during a pandemic time, and I was co-hosting with my girl, Lady J, who will be joining me sooner or later. Yes, because, you know, when we get together, it'd be a total freaking vibes, and that's why I love doing a podcast with her. Let me tell you, the only reason why we kind of fell back on a podcast, it was more because of me, because I was going through a moment of depression, and... When I go, when I struggle with depression and I go through depression, I tend to lose interest in doing anything, you know, and, um, and I hold myself back from it. And it was unfortunate because, you know, me and her together, we were definitely doing our thing. And I know that she wanted to keep it going. And she just was like, girl, you is not consistent. I ain't doing no podcast with you. (laughs) And you know what? She had every right. But, you know, during that time, I've done got into the streaming. I've got into getting on AMP. I ended up discovering AMP. Not discovering, but I came across AMP when I I was on my Instagram timeline. And I was like, what is this? And I just checked it out. And I was loving it, you know. And that alone, just meeting people and connecting with people and joining force with other co-hosts became such an inspiration for me to really get this podcast back and going and really go hard on this because red wine love and life is really about just talking about the love the life was trending the good the bad the ugly just great topics overall and um just so you know when i originally got into the podcast because I've always wanted to do it and we said I would say a couple of years ago when I was going through a really hard breakup I confided in a friend of mine who was you know who ended up telling me you know you should this is you should do a podcast you know get your red wine because you know I love having my red wine everybody who knows me knows Vanessa is wine time (laughs) Everybody knows. So, you know, I just was like, you know, that would be a great idea. But I was so still like heartbroken. And and, and even though he told me this is the best time to speak because you're speaking your truth, you're speaking with your heart. I just I wasn't ready. I didn't believe in myself. I didn't. I didn't know how I was. I was still was kind of shy. You know what I'm saying? And um. I wasn't confident enough to to do a podcast, you know, even though that was something that I just always wanted to do. So here the fuck I am. Yes. Yes. And I am doing this dolo. I love bouncing energies off of people, but this is more of a challenge for me to be able to do my thing, to speak on everything that I love to talk about, you know, and today... This episode is really the introduction of Vanessa, who Vanessa is and where Vanessa comes from and who I am today and how much growth I became over the years and how I am still growing till this day. Because, you know, we are all work in progress 
at the end of the day. We are all work in progress and I'm still make my mistake. I still make bad choices, but I tend to learn from those choices. And this is what this podcast is going to be about is just speaking my truth, speaking from my heart, giving you some poetry, giving you the backstory of my poetries, what inspired me. And I'm even going to have a mother and daughter conversation because we're going to get my mama on this podcast because my mother be having her story. So we definitely going to have to tap in on that one. You definitely got to tap on that one because um, my mom have a very interesting story to tell. You know, um, let's get into this. Let's get into this. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm from, um, I was born in Harlem and I was raised in the Bronx. You know, my mom is Hispanic and black as far as she know of. And I say that because, you know, her, when she was born, she's never met her mom. And um, she doesn't know what she looked like. She doesn't know her background, which is one of the things that I want to do to be able to, um, to be able to do the DNA test to really see what her background is. And that's one of the journeys that I want y'all to tap in with me on that because we're going to get into that. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> For real. And um, so, yeah, my mom grew up. Like, I don't want to tell her whole story because I'm going to have her talk about it. But just a little bit of it. Um, my mom just, my mom grew up in Harlem. She was born and raised in Harlem. And, um, you know, she had, it's eight of us. She had eight kids, five boys and three girls. And um, she could have had ten. I was the seventh child, you know. And I was born with a veil. That's what my mom said. That's what they call it. When I was born, you know, the nurses had told her that I wasn't ready. And she felt me coming out. And when I came out, I had the, um, I still had the, like the skin of the bag on my face, which it seemed to look like I had no face at all. And my mom was just so just screaming and like, Oh my God, my, my baby ain't got no face. My dad at that time, fathers wasn't able to go into the um, delivery room. And my dad just was hearing my mom screaming. But when a nurse and them came, they pulled it off my face and I just screamed and cried. And you know, my beautiful self arrived. Yay. <laughs> you know, um, my mom tells that story all the time, and I love hearing it. You know, my mom, I'm like my mother. I, I, I might talk about the same shit over and over, but my, I love listening to my, mom, my mom's story because, you know, my mom was raised with a black family from the South, um, and her father is black, you know, and um, but at the same time, you know, on her birth certificate is, is a whole nother man. So that's a mystery within itself. So growing up being very white, haze-wise, fine, European hair, and um, surrounding yourself with African-Americans from the South, like much darker and brown skin, like to be the snowflake of the family, you know what I'm saying? I always say my mom is like one of the biggest secrets. I don't care what nobody says. She probably one of the biggest secrets because she grew up not asking questions about her mother. So she doesn't really know the 100% truth of how she was born and how her parents met 
and what made her mother leave. She doesn't know any of those things. And that should, that right there would be very interesting to really tap into. And um, I would love to know. I'm very curious of how my mom, how my mother's story began, you know. So her being around and raising in black culture and being raising black etc you know she did not want to have any white babies so she would not date white men she wouldn't even date spanish men she would date only black men because she wanted black babies <laughs> that was just you know back in them days that's just what it was and even though three of my siblings are high yellow <laughs> but at the end of the day we are all we are def we all definitely are black and um you know, just me growing up, I was like the middle sister. I got two other sisters. Um, and I was always a shy one. I was very shy growing up. And um, I was always smiling. To this day, everybody tells me, I, oh, Vanessa, you have not changed. You look the same. And, you know, people that knows me always talk about how quiet I was, how I was the sweet Vanessa. I always tell people I was like the all Vanessa. The all oh Vanessa you know and um and I was like I was very little like everybody was taller than me I'm still everybody's still taller than me I'm four foot eleven everybody's still taller than me even my kids now <laughs> my boys are taller than me which I am happy that they are and um just growing up um very shy didn't know how to really make friends but it's like when you get to know me I get to be myself and open up and be silly and and I was very artistic. I was very like creative and I loved art. You know, I I end up learning, I end up discovering that I knew how to sing growing up and I used to sing with my friends and um I used to dance. I was cheerleading and it was like in the hood, like in the projects in the hood in the Bronx, you know. And, you know, I was raised, that's where I was raised. I was raised in the Bronx. And um, and um, I had, like, one boyfriend. Like, I've date, I was, like, dating, but I had that one boyfriend, my, my friend DJ, who is my best friend today, my homie. <laughs> and um, just having that, that, you know, I don't know, because it was, like, Boys always looked at me like I was, like, so innocent and so sweet. They did not want... I was a hazard. Like, oh, we cannot fuck with Vanessa because we would break her little heart. It's <laughs> like, they would break my little itty-bitty heart. And then I was, like, so fucking young for my age, okay? I was very young for my age. And, um... So everybody looked at me as a little kid all my life, you know. And um, even when I was a teenager, like 16, I was looking like I was 13. So going to high school, like junior high and high school, I was not a popular kid. I mean, everybody thought I was just, they just thought I was very sweet, you know what I'm saying? But, you know, in high school, now um, I did, um, when I was 15, 14 going on 15, um, I did get taken away from my mom and up at the foster care system. You know, my mom had struggled with um, drugs back in the days. And, you know, it was just me and my sisters, me and my sister and my baby brother. My other brothers were much older. You know, I even lost a brother when I was young um, due, to, um, due to violence. It wasn't gun violence, he got stabbed in the heart. 
And um, so that was my first time experience of losing a relative, especially a sibling, when I was like 11, I believe. I was 10 or 11. And, um, you know, the, the that feeling of when the at the time it was BCW, you know, came and they was doing like investigating on my mom and stuff like that. So we knew what was going on. My mother was always honest with us, you know, growing up. And um, during that time, it was hard. It was hard, you know, have to be that, that being 14 years old and you have to go on this van with your sisters and your, your brother to be taken from your mother, you know what I'm saying? And um, the crazy thing is that my friends at the time, our friends was watching us and we cry. I personally cry because I see my friends cry. And it's, and it's crazy that I cry because my friends was crying and not really crying because I'm, I'm being taken away from my mom. I don't know if the concept like of just the reality hit in that moment or it just didn't really hit, and I just was feeling sorry for my friends that I'm being taken away. That's just a weird, it's very weird to say that, you know, but in some sense, that's what I was really thinking at the time. I don't know why. That's just what I was thinking, and that's what I was feeling. And the the, the crazy thing is my, my best friend, DJ, he witnessed me being taken away, and he was my boyfriend at the time. And I would never forget this because I remember that day he was going to take me. This is my freshman year of high school. And I remember he was going to take me to buy me some Timberland shoes. And I was so excited to come home from school and I was going to get some Timberland shoes. And I didn't know that he was watching um, me being taken away. And that was really hard on him. I think I would have cried. I know I would have cried even more. It, because I, I was so, I loved to meet some DJ, at, and you know, when we was kids, man. That was like my true puppy love, I tell you. And um, and he told me, like, he teared up, and he was, like, mad at my mom for why would they, why you let them take my mom, you know, take Vanessa away. And it was, um, that was one of the, like, toughest things, you know. But, and, you know, so me growing into the system, I was in the system for four years. And my mom didn't really fight right away, but she eventually fought because, and in a, and it was just me and my baby brother because my oldest sister ended up getting married because she was actually pregnant with her first child. And my baby sister ended up AWOL, AWOL during this, like, four-year time. And me and my baby brother was like the only ones that was in the system. Me, I st I didn't want to run away or anything. I was really determined to graduate high school and just like, and then I didn't want to jeopardize my baby brother because that's what I thought I would have done if I would have ran away, you know. But I'm glad I didn't because, you know, I did, I mean, I didn't appreciate it then, but I do appreciate it now that, the woman that ended up um, raising me for those four years, you know, um, I appreciate her. You know, I thank her. Um, Miss Jackson, <laughs> that was her name. I always, I still call her Miss Jackson today, and um, I appreciate because um, I've seen 
young girls come and go, come and go. I think me and one girl stayed the whole time, <laughs> you know, when we was officially discharged. But she's always treating me like I was one of her kids. And, 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 and because she didn't let me do what I wanted to do, I was like resentful, like, well, I can't do what I want to do. And I would see everybody else do what they want to do. But at the same time, they be end up out the door. And um, I remember ruining my moment. I mean, ruining my 18th birthday because I was just being stubborn, like, I want to leave. I don't want to be here. They, she won't let me do what I want. Having that little attitude, not appreciating and knowing what I had. And little do, little do I know, I was getting thrown a surprise party. And I ruined, I blocked my own blessing, you know. And, and you know, and it was bad because my 18th birthday, I didn't do anything. I had, and I was in a, and I was in a relationship with my oldest son father. I ended up meeting him in Brooklyn in a skatering empire. Uh, empire was the best. And, um... But just spending those years in the, the foster care system, it was a little hard, you know. And um, I would, one thing my first mother let me do was, um, you know, she let me stay in my um, high school, which I would travel from Brooklyn to the Bronx to go to high school. Just so, I, and I wanted to stay because I really wanted to be closer to my mom. And as long as I didn't go over there all the time, and I just went, she allowed me to go on the weekends. So I was happy to go on the weekends when my mom was still living out there. And um, but it was tough because even before I even got to her house, I was in an emergency home, and I loved it. The family that I, me and my sister T. We was with we me and my sister T was together and my sister D and my baby brother Will, we them two was together. We was kinda of separated a little bit. And me and my sister T did not wanna leave Miss Barbara House. Like, you know, Miss Barbara uh, she was so dope. Her sons was amazing. They showed us the ultimate love. They treated us like little sisters. They gave my sister the name Boss. My sister ran with that name for so long. <laughs> She she ran with that name for so long. And um, we end up, me, me and my sister T and my brother Will, we end up in Coney Island. Because you, you spend like, um, I think you spend 30 to 60 days um, with the emergency home. And then they place you in a permanent home. So our first permanent home was in, in Coney Island with this um, family. And the mom, the woman did not, she was, she was West Indian. And this is no shade to any of the West Indian. I'm just saying this was a West Indian woman. And she would treat me and my siblings bad, talk, you know, just be mean to us and stuff. But she'll play this, um, she'll play this nice old lady when we would go to the agency when it's time for us to visit our mother. And and I we me and my sister would tell our social worker, which he was a guy at the time, and he didn't believe us. And and that's the craziest thing is that, you know, people these the the system, the ACS and stuff like that, they be so quick to take these kids away from homes and end up and these kids be end up in the worst homes in which 
that's no better than the home that they left. Now, granted, there are some parents that's very neglectful and really treat their kids bad where the kids do need to be protected. But a lot of these freaking foster care system is always, the mothers is really about the freaking money. They don't care about the kids. You know what I'm saying? You got foster kids who look like bums and shit because they take their money and do whatever they want and just buy what, buy them the cheapest shit and half time don't even give them they stipend or sometimes give them they stipend, whatever. And um, so this woman, the only thing I liked about her is that she let us spend the night, which we weren't supposed to. And But she was not good to us. Now... Her son tried to touch me when um, when I was in a room. Like, it was me and my sister and my brother. We was all sharing a room. It was a full-size bed and a, a twin bed. I was sleeping on a twin bed near the window. And, um, and um, I remember him coming in the room. I was 14. I was, 14, I was 15 because I came into the system October 1st. My birthday was October 18th. So I was 15 when I, like, really was from 15 to um, 18, 19, when I got, when when I was in a system. And, um, no, 18. Yeah, I was 18 years old. And, um, um, yeah, he came in a room, and, um, and I remember, uh, I remember the windows being open, and I remember him like petting my hair, and then I, I'm a very light sleeper, so when I seen him, I was moving my arm like like moving him out my way while he kept touching my hair, and at the same time he kept trying to touch my my little boobies. Okay, I had little boobies at the time, and it was so uncomfortable. And then he was trying to say, "Oh, I'm just trying to fix the the window," which it was like late at night, like in the middle of the night. I don't even know what time it was, but all I know is that I did not sleep in that bed. I end up, I started to sleep in the bed with my brother and my sister because I didn't want to sleep in a room by myself. And there was a there was one um time my sister got into it with the mom with the foster mother because she wanted my brother, who was seven years old at the time, to go to school by himself in a winter storm. And my sister wasn't having it. I already left because I was still going to school in the Bronx. So I had to leave really early coming from Coney Island. And um, and I remember calling like, hey, you know, um, could I spend a night? And she was like, no, you're going to have to come home because your sister went to the agency. She said this, that, and now they're moving you out the house. So what made us, what made them move us out the house so quick is because she ended up telling them what her son did to me. Now, I had to stay there. And I was terrified. I was terrified of staying there by myself without my sister and my brother because I didn't feel protected because I was afraid that her son was going to come back in the room, you know, and try something. And they both was trying to talk to me and make it seem like my sister was uh, was being a troublemaker and stuff like that. But that wasn't even the case. It wasn't even the case. We did not like being there at all. We was unhappy being there. We did not. We wanted to leave. Again, the social worker did not want to remove us because he didn't believe us because this woman would portray herself as if she's a really um, good woman, and she really wasn't. 
And then we end up back in Ebbsfield because that's where we was at in Ebbsfield in Brooklyn, where Miss Barbara was at. But we was that's when I came to Miss Jackson home. Now my sister, <laughs> my sister is very. She don't listen to nobody And if you ain't her mama And you ain't her daddy She ain't listening She don't give a fuck So my sister was the first to go My baby brother Ended up going Because he was So much trouble In um, school I was We basically Ended up being separated Something my mom Did not even want it But that's what Ended up happening And It was It was It was interesting You know I was sad in the beginning, and I used to be quiet, and, you know, it took a long time for me to really make friends in Brooklyn, but then once I made friends, like, it was the best time. I had the best time in Brooklyn, you know, growing up in Brooklyn, and I was really, it made me feel more like I was at home. You know, I still got to see my mom. I still got to visit my mom. You know, I even though I I wanted my mom to fight for us to get out of the system. You know, by the time my mom was by the time my mom like really got herself together to fight to get us out of the system is when I was pregnant with my oldest son already. And my brother who was who was turning 11 years old, he was 10, he was 10 years old and they was telling him that Telling her that if she don't get it together, they're going to put his goal for adoption. And that's what made my mom really fight um, to get her son, really to get her son out the system. Because basically, I was grown. I couldn't just get myself out. And, you know, my thing with my mom is that it still hurted me when she, it still hurts me today when she say I focused on getting my brother William out. Um, because I'm like... What per, what 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 kid want to be in a system and not be with their parent, you know? And but I forgive her, you know. I don't. Me and my siblings, we don't. My mom been through a lot in her lifetime, and and you know, being an adult and and just knowing her and understanding where she came from and why she became and who she was and the choices that she made. You know, one thing I will always say about my mother is that my mom loved her kids. She wasn't a perfect mother. You know, she was more of a friend than our parent because I tell you, we were throwing house parties at 14 years old, like 13, 14 years old, okay? And we talking about official house parties. My sister was really doing a house party. I was just coming along in it. I was just involved. I was just tagging along. But um, my mom was like very easy going. Like not, she wasn't as strict. She let us do what we want. That's because she grew up in a strict home and she didn't want to do that to us. So she was being more of our friend and being our parent. And that plays a big part of my growing up and my sisters and my brothers growing up because of the choices we made for our own self. And there's no blame towards my mother. You know, they say we're a product of how we are developed, you know. Um, and, you know, we we was we grew up in the projects. Like, we grew up with a mom who was, you know, off and on on drugs and um you know, no matter what, she made sure we ate. We was, you know, we were fed. We had clothes on our back, and our house was always clean. We always had a roof over our head, so we never felt neglected whatsoever. We just 
understood and felt the love that my mom always told us she loved us. She used to read me and my sister stories. You know, she used to take us places, you know. And um, every Easter we would go <laughs> to church and get our little baskets and shit. Like, it was, we had a good childhood. You know, we had a decent childhood. Now, there were some some dra- trauma in, the, in in my childhood that I'll probably later on talk about. Um, but just growing up in a system, I don't really wish that on anybody. I will say that I was glad to be fortunate to end up with Miss Jackson, who really took care of me and and um, who looked out for me, you know. And and um, so I'm 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 truly grateful for her for that. And um, it's been. I would say, I mean, my pa- I have, a, like, a long story with myself. Like, it's been such a journey in my life um, from having my son at 19 with his dad, who was much older than me. Um, I would say people today might say that he had no business being with me, and, and that's technically a fact. But, you know, around that time, it's like, Girls, females my age, my you know, growing up, like my son father took me to my prom, and I wasn't the only female at the prom who had an older man who take took us to the prom, and um, I think it was just like a thing back then. Like it's crazy how young girls, young teenagers or whatever, always end up with older men or whatever, and it's just so common or or normal or whatever. But I would say I I. I seduce him, not seduce him in a way of sexual, but more of I, I, I can't, I, I, I hollered at him. I bagged him. <laughs> I came, you know, cause I was interested. Like I thought he was cool. He was dancing. You know, we used to call him the stripper guy cause he'd be dancing in the skating ring. And I met him at Empire Boulevard, Empire Roller Rink in Brooklyn. And I thought he was funny and, and he was mad cool. And, um, you know, when we really got together is when I was um, 17 years old. I knew him when I was 16, but I got with him when I was 17. And he was my first. Now, at that time, I really wanted DJ to be my first because he was my first boyfriend. And when I got taken away, I was really trying to make that happen. <laughs> but it just didn't work out. And But what I will say is that I did try to break my virginity before my son father. You know, because I did have a boyfriend in Brooklyn. And I was butt-ass naked in the bed and everything. And I, I was probably like 16 years old trying to have sex. 16 or no or 15 I was probably 15 16 I was first of all I was just way too young and I don't know I guess the universe was like nope you is not gonna do this right now so I ended up breaking my virginity at 17 with my son's father and um got pregnant at 18 and had my son at 19 yes because I went I grad and it was right after I graduated like the summer of when I graduated. I graduated at 18. Um, and, um, yeah, I got pregnant. Yeah, that's right. I got pregnant at 18 and gave birth to him in May, May 18th, when I was 19 years old. And um, I will say my son is, like, the best thing that happened to me. All my boys is. I got three boys. 
My son is 25 now. My middle son is 20. And my youngest is 15. 14. It'll be 15 this year. And um, it'll be 15 in January, actually. And I'm just so proud of my three boys. And they all got different fathers, which is a whole nother story. <laughs> and, um, but my oldest, you know, he was, he was definitely a special kid. You know, he, all my sons are special. And um, he, me and his father, we were very close. We became real close. You know, he wasn't involved in our son life like most fathers should have been, like a father should be, you know. But he always showed up for graduations and stuff like that. And at first I used to feel such a way of him not being there and being absent in our son life because I, my, I felt like my son just, he really need, needed that father. And even though I've moved on, um, you know, once we broken up and stuff like that, I ended up moving on and I'm having another child. I built a family relationship with my my youngest, my middle son father. And my son had that, you know, that family thing, but it, it just wasn't, it wasn't the same for him because it wasn't his father. And, you know, I, would, I was, ex as a mom, experiencing a son who was going through changing the changes of them my household is changing my mom is somebody new I got a new baby brother like it was just a challenging and didn't understand it then you know when you're a young mom and you just you having kids at a young age you're learning as you go and you may you may not be the best at the first one but you're learning at the second one and by the time you get to the third one you are getting it but I I will say, what I will say is that um, I look at my sons and I just be so proud of all three of my boys, you know. I be so, I have no regrets, no, no regrets because, you know, I didn't, relationship didn't work out with none of my kids' fathers. And, you know, I let go of the relationship because I wasn't happy. And, um... And no matter what tribulation, um, whatever, what what um, drama and everything that we've been through um, with my children, fathers, I will say that where I am today is in a blessing and great space with all three of them. Well, my oldest son, father, he just recently passed away from um, from cancer, and uh, he had prostate cancer. That was. I took that really hard because he will always call me, you know, check up on me and check up on Kevin. And even though he weren't 100% there, me and Kevin just accept him for who he was. And and I accept him because my son Kevin accepted him. He did not hold anything against him. He just embraced him whenever he came around. And his last days... I was happy to see that my son was able to like bond and, and connect with his dad and, and be able to connect with his siblings and and to see him around his his father's side of the family. 
you know, it was nice to see his mom that I didn't see in years, who I used to who sing gospel, who was such an amazing singer. And to witness her sing at her son's funeral was the most beautiful thing I have ever seen. And the way she spoke love and passion as a mom, like, and then sing the shit out of the song that she say her and my son father used to sing together was the most, it was just so beautiful and it makes me want to tear up a little bit. <laughs> so it's like, I know I'm all over the pace with this, but this is just you getting to know me and just uh, the little things over time of my life and you know, and um, I would say I am really who I am because of my sons. You know, I do, everything I do, I'm not a perfect mother. No one is. I make certain choices. You know, I make choices that probably could be better. And um, but my sons love me. They they love me and respect me because I show them this unconditional love and I allow them to be themselves. I want them to be themselves. I don't want to control who they're supposed to be and what they're supposed to do. As long as you're doing something positive and in, in, in elevating your life and bringing whatever you're doing, bringing value to your life, I'm all for the support. And my oldest son, he worked for himself. He's a game developer. My middle son, he got his own job doing security, you know, and um, they're still figuring things out in their life. And they have, they have all, you know, they, we may not have, we, not, we may not be promised tomorrow, but they got all the time. They're still young. They could still figure out. They have no kids. I'm not a grandmother yet. So they have time to figure things out and go on their own pace. And that's what I want them to do. And that's what I support them to do. And, you know, me and my boys could talk about anything and everything, almost anything and everything. But it, it means a lot that they can sit down and talk to me about relationships. And, and you know, if they want to ask me for my advice, I try to give them my advice and stuff. Now, my son, Trey, me and him always debated. It'd be hilarious, but <laughs> we always debated. I have to shut shit down because he'd be like, wait, we just talking. I'm like... Nigga, it's not gonna go nowhere. Like, you're gonna keep on, you're gonna keep on and on and on because you think you're right about everything. And I'm gonna just debate with everything you say. <laughs> it just be so hilarious. And, but I love every minute of it. I love every minute of it. I love the conversations I gotta. I tell you, God gave me boys for a freaking reason. He gave me boys for a reason. Okay, and I'm so grateful, and I'm glad I don't have no girls, but they're going to give me the daughters I ain't never have, and I'm going to spoil you the shit out of my grandbaby. I'm going to tell you right now. And you know what? I look forward to that, but I don't look forward to it tomorrow. That's what I don't do. <laughs> so, you know, um, you know, when they were young, just being a single mom, like even though they dads helped, I still raised them, you know, under my roof by myself and, you know, taking care of my bills and my rent and everything. And um, it was it was a lot of struggle, you know. It was definitely a lot of struggle. And then I'm so prideful. I don't like asking for help. 
So a lot of times my family or if I inside family won't even know that um, I'm going through anything unless I talk about it. And um, a lot of times I wouldn't talk about it because I didn't want to, I didn't want, I didn't want, I didn't want to ask for any help. I was like, you know what? I'm an adult. I got this, you know, I put myself in this situation. I got to take care of this. I got to get this job. But it was very hard to get a job because it was always hard to get babysitters because it cost way too much money. Like it was just such a, it was just such a, a, a struggle when my kids was young. And it was very hard, especially after I had my third son. And I moved out here in Staten Island from Brooklyn. And um, I didn't want to be with his dad. Like, we were not getting along. We were clashing. But the best decision that I made was letting him live with me for the first year of our son. And him and his dad have such a great connection and a good bond, which I'm proud that they have that. But I tell you, just the struggle alone raising three sons and <laughs> dealing with the system, living off the system, you know, um, it was it was it was very hard, you know, having certain Christmases that I couldn't even buy gifts and stuff like that. I used to even worry about how people see me and think of me, like how, how, how you know, relationships goes, like what God gonna want me with me having three baby daddies. I used to find myself have to explain why I have three baby daddies, you know, because I didn't want to be, because I'm worrying about how that person across the table might think of me. And, um, and because I'm so honest and so vocal and so transparent, I don't know if that's like a big turn off to men, you know, and it probably is to some. But where I'm at in my life, I give two shits. I am very transparent. I talk about anything, everything, my past relationships and I don't talk I don't talk trash about men. That's what I don't do cuz I'm not the type of person that bashes men cuz I love men. You know, things just didn't work out with the with the past relationship that I have. And that's what one of the things that we're going to be talking about is the difference of learning lessons from relationships in the past and not, and not um, you know, um, not dwelling on, not treating the next relationship like your last, you know, had coming into a relationship with trust issues and oh you just like my ex and all this no you can you can learn your lesson from a relationship in the past where it helped you grow to help you understand and know what to want and know what not to want but at the same time you I feel like you should still embrace the person in front of you give them the benefit of the doubt to show them who they are and not compare them to your last relationships and that was one of the things that I don't do I just don't, I'm just pretty much, I'm just unlucky in love because I tell you, I've been single for a long time. I even had, oh man, wait until y'all hear my stories. I'll tell you because I got some stories. But you know, I always feel like these relationships in the past is preparing me for who is meant for me. Where I'm at right now is I'm loving on me. You know, um, I was very much into somebody 
and that didn't work out. <laughs> I let, you know, I kind of let my my emotions and my feelings get the best of me. But at the same time, it's like it was what it was, you know, and I was just loving on that person and, and just excited about that person because when I'm excited about a person and I'm fuck with you, I fuck with you. I am very so emotionally attached. I get emotionally attached to a person. And I just realized, you know, after that day of workout, I just told myself, you know, and I said, you before you got him, before you was talking to him, you were working on you. You were focusing on loving on you. And um, one of the things I told myself is that I will not be dipping, you know, going back into my past relationships or even connecting with people, with anybody in my past, because I seem to do that because it's comfortable and convenient and. All I do is get disappointed because it's like, what are you doing, Vanessa? They ain't never gonna go nowhere. You are gonna be whoever you are to them. They could, they're, you're ne- there's never gonna be more. And then even when I'm with them, it's like I don't even see the same no more. It's just, okay, we got a sexual chemistry. I don't even want that. I want a, a chemistry where we matching, we match energy, where. We both make each other laugh. We both show support to one another. We both uplift each other. We both growing and building each other. You know, I bring value to his life. He bring value to my life. You know, I want to travel with my partner. I want to do things with my partner. You know, I want my kids to... um, be happy for me that I found someone that treats me amazing, that makes me happy and laugh. And my sons ain't got to worry about me. I want my sons to look at this person like, yo, I fuck with him. You know, that person is giving my sons good advice, giving them a man advice. You know, something, giving them something I can't give them because he's around them. Even though they can get that from their fathers, but I want them to be able to see that I'm with somebody that they can talk to themselves and get that man-on-man time. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, I feel like until that is waiting for me, I just have to take that energy I've been putting on my past relationships, trying to be supportive and building and and um, just loving. Like, I'm putting all that shit on me. That's where I'm at. I'm putting that on me. On Vanessa, because Vanessa had a fucking life. <laughs> like, life has been lifing. I went into a relationship where I completely neglected myself. And I'm still rebuilding myself from that relationship. I'm still finding myself. I'm still facing myself. I'm still getting to know myself. It doesn't matter how old you get. Sometimes it it can happen sooner or it can happen later. And I'm 45 years old and I'm still I'm still working on me. I, and and you know, I can get easily distracted sometimes. And that is where I'm at with myself is take time for yourself and meditate, start being I, I start becoming a little more spiritual. I love doing my affirmations and and just 
just be one with myself, you know. And um, my goal right now is to just level up myself when love is going to love is going to come. Right now, I'm reading this book, The Secret Manifestation. I'm, I'm going to manifest that. Manifest. <laughs> I'm fucking up my words. I'm going to manifest what I want and what I desire when it comes to love, life, happiness, financial freedom. I'm going to give myself what I deserve. And everything is going to fall in line and fall and follow through. And I just cannot wait to look at this moment or even listen to this podcast and remember where I was in this moment when I first started this podcast on on this first episode as we speak. In my bedroom, tapping in, talking to you guys. (laughs) Because you know what? You can only go up. You can always push yourself to go up. And as I was saying, I, you know, when I struggled with depression, I found myself, like, closing in. And lately, I've been fighting that and pushing through and not allowing myself to fall in this, in this dark place and just keep living and smiling and being happy because that is what I want and that's what I want my sons to see and, you know, One thing I can say that I'm proud of is that my sons see me not giving up on what I love, which is photography. They see me, you know, want to get into this, and they see me always, like, just doing something to to make my life meaningful and to bring joy and to bring, bring that, elevate that value to myself. And, um, and it just, it just, like, really... It really gets to my heart when they remind me who I am when I forget for a second. It's amazing how your kids can remind you who you are. Ma, you dope. Fuck that. Don't worry about that. You you dope. And that makes me fucking feel great. That shit. That shit makes me feel great. But, um, yes. I'm Vanessa. This is the Red Wine Love Life Podcast. And um, I'm so appreciative you're tuning in with me. It's fucking amazing. <laughs> yes, it's amazing. And we are going to get into these topics. And um, yeah, definitely tap in on the next episode. And um, I look forward to chopping it up with everybody. Whoever tunes in, because I'm going to get me some guests. And we're going to be living it up. And we're going to be laughing and joining, having great topics, talking about these trends that be going on. Okay? We're going to get into this vibe. And um, thank you for tuning in with me. This is your girl, Taylor V. This is the Red Wine Love Life Podcast. Yes. On the next episode, make sure y'all grab your red wine, because that's what we're going to be doing Red wine all day, every day. (laughs) Peace and love, beautiful people. Peace and love.